our top story. That is our top story today. Word from the White House that Joe Biden is going to meet with Vladimir Putin in Geneva on June 16th. And the question has to be, what will the West do to respond to the latest provocation really on the behalf of Putin, not from Putin, but with his sanction, definitely. On Sunday, the Belarusian military diverted a flight from Greece to Lithuania. Essentially, this is a hijacking of a passenger jet over Belarusian airspace. And once the plane was on the ground in Minsk, the military there arrested a blogger, journalist, and activist, Raman Pratasevich. And in a video posted online, Protasevich, who's 26 years old, uh, said he's in good health and he's being held in a pretrial facility in Minsk. Here's a little bit of that video. In a video that was released over the weekend, he acknowledged in that video having played a role in organizing mass disturbances in Minsk last year. And the comments were immediately dismissed by his allies, including his father, as having been made under duress. The video itself, with his hands clasped in front of him, an abrasion on his forehead, it is disturbing. To get a better sense of what is going on and what, where are we here in terms of what the West must do, to talk about it, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Robert Austin, who's Associate Director of the Monk School Center for European, Russian, and Eurasian Studies. Welcome to the program. What are the options here for the West? It's a tough call because, you know, the term that's most overused in this year is we say unprecedented. The thing with what Belarus did is, unfortunately, is not terribly unprecedented. There's there's a little bit of a track record of, of seizing people outside of their, let's say, geographic zone. But the challenge here is that this one really goes beyond the pale, especially since it involved a, a civilian airliner that was very close to its destination, much closer to its destination than it was to Minsk Airport. So the EU and the United States in particular have to send a signal to a guy who doesn't really respond to signals all that well, and that's President Lukashenko. But I would definitely be looking for some really hardball sanctions, particularly regarding the financial elite that uh, keeps a person like him in power. So it's going to be more than just banning the, the Belarusian airline. There's going to have to be some heavy stuff because Belarus is a is kind of a carbon copy of Russia, which is its political system is based on the subservience and support of a number of very wealthy oligarchs. So let's see if the EU can come up with some sanctions that hit the people who are actually easiest to hit, which are the oligarchs that support the regime. Uh, the regime is is supported by Russia and by Putin. How, if not, you know, a complete go ahead for this this operation? How much of an approval um, do you put Putin? Like, is, is is how much is Putin behind this? Not again, early to speculate, but definitely he would have given a nod. Uh, and the action parallels a lot of things that Russia set the standard for. Don't forget, Russia is already been chasing its opponents outside of its uh, territory. We've got a number of examples, including, you know, we know, using, uh, you know, technically nuclear weapons in terms of poisoning, uh, not just in the UK, but elsewhere in Europe. So Putin has set the standard for suggesting that 
anyone who opposes the regime inside or out, you know, we have a long arm. And that's exactly so. That's the inspiration is there. Putin's spokesperson denies that. He says it's Russophobic. But no doubt uh, in the way Russia's governed that there was some kind of nod or a wink saying, hey, good idea. Moreover, the Russian state media, and I call it that, RT, which is, you know, all Russian media is essentially state media, acknowledges it as a beautiful operation. You know, they're, they're, this is, and for Lukashenko, too, who likes to portray himself as, you know, the, you know, a tough guy, right? And as does Putin, you know, this for him is, is wonderful. He's done something. This is his probably only success in quotation marks in, uh, since the pandemic started, that he's grabbed a guy uh, illegally in an illegal act, and uh, he's going to use it to, uh, you know, to prove to his supporters and people who oppose him that he can get you anywhere. You know, I... I think I'm I'm probably just as guilty as anyone of of looking for historical parallels too much. You know, is this 1914? Is it 1939? I think this is what really jumped out at me was, you know, as we say, like, what is the EU going to do here? What possibly can they do to check this aggression? In, and just give me a sense of what you think the fallout from all of this is if the EU and, and the West cannot um, effectively punish Belarus and the Lukashenko regime? I think that the, the historical parallels are always good. The one I look to actually is, is more recent. So not 1914, not 1939. What I see happening when you take a guy like uh, Khashoggi, who was, you know, who showed up at the Saudi consulate in, uh, in Istanbul uh, to get some documents and then, you know, ended up leaving there in, in pieces, right? And the outcome of that uh, in terms of sanctions, in terms of repercussions was absolutely nothing. And that's that's the most shocking event in the past in the past 20 years in that, in that nothing happened. Belarus is already on record for you know, fraudulent elections, using its police force to beat up demonstrators. Look at the videos like the, the interior ministry forces are beating up women because the protests against the regime were really motivated largely by women. So they've already showed extraordinary violence and fallout. What? Uh, you know, I don't see this as some kind of tipping point because we've already experienced so many of these transgressions and frankly some of them are 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 worse than what happened with the with the Ryanair plane so again I'm a bit of a cynic in the sense that we've had these watersheds be reached which is that's the last straw and then we wait for the next straw so I'm I'm a bit of a pessimist at the EU because there's other incidents where the EU has proven hopeless in 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 curtailing not just Belarus but also Russia I'm speaking with Robert Austin who's associate director at the Monk School Center for European Russian Studies where do we go from here? I, I in the, the beginning of our preamble, the the news just today that um, that Joe Biden will sit down with Vladimir Putin on June sixteenth. Uh, tough to say whether or not this actually will be on their agenda, but what's uh, give me a sense of where are we are in terms of Russia and the United States and the relationship right now. Well, it's an extremely poor relationship, and frankly speaking, Canada is even poorer. Uh, but Biden has opened a door here, and I think what the Russian president wants, because he's a thin-skinned person, uh, I think that he's angling for a seat at the table, and uh, he does things that provoke a reaction, so we'll get him a seat at the table, and he does want Russia to be treated as a as a respectable global power. It's not really a global power. It's a regional power. It's got an extremely weak economy. We know all the shortcomings. But Putin will use this event and others so that he can sit around the table where the big decisions are made. And that's basically defined his uh, his uh, his rule that's now well over two decades old. 
Robert, I think we have to leave it there. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you come back and uh, keep us up to date with uh, what's happening because it's look, very concerning. I look forward to that. Have a great day. That is Robert Austin from the Monk School. Uh, and uh, I, I would just just add, and perhaps this is my perspective as a journalist, but just the, the, the shocking nature of this, you know, and just plucking someone off a plane, that is traveling from one EU country to another EU country, and then you just force the plane down, take a person off of it. You just have a sense that no one is particularly safe. And I'm certain that is exactly the message that Putin and Lukashenko are trying to send to dissidents all around the world. And I, I despair that we will not act. We will not, the EU will not act. What options do they have? I mean, already we have trying to take, you know, uh, EU planes out of Belarusian airspace. But, I mean, as travel returns, well, you know, the airlines are going to say, well, that costs more money and more time. And what is it that we will do as consumers? We'll say, well, I'd rather get there a half hour faster and spend 200 bucks less, whatever. And that's, that's a deep concern, and certainly for this journalist, I hope that the pressure, the international pressure, will have some impact on getting him freed. I am not particularly optimistic about that.